uh, today will be in the book of Acts. Uh, today, if you have your Bibles, book of Acts, chapter 16. Acts chapter 16 today. And we will be starting with verse 16. So Acts chapter 16, verse 16. And when you get to that verse, if you would please stand uh, this morning to pay reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Acts chapter 16, verse 16. The Word of God says this, And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which shew us unto the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains were gone, they caught uh, Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceeding trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straightway. And, and when he had brought them into his house, he set meet before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to uh, be before you this morning. We thank you for this assembly. Lord, I pray that you watch over each and every one. Uh, Lord, I pray that you continue to lead, guide, and direct. Lord, I just pray that you watch over each and every home as we uh, continue to live, Lord, and use this scripture, Lord, that you've placed upon our hearts. I pray uh, that we can apply it to our lives, that you can give us a light, Lord, Father, that will lead us. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you'll just hide us behind the cross this morning and use these unclean lips to bring forth uh, what you tell us to say. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Amen. You can be uh, seated this morning. Now, you, most of you know, uh, I don't usually read a lot of Scripture like that uh, when, I, when I start uh, looking at it. But we're going to look kind of like this at a whole story. But uh, there's one major point that we want to look at that uh, studying this week, uh, I spent some time looking at and spent some time in prayer. And uh, I always enjoy, I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's the way that y'all enjoy studying Scripture, but I love getting to study something and a light goes off. I, I do. I, I love looking at something and saying, I have never seen that before. If, if your study life doesn't have those from time to time, you're really missing out. 
Uh, because when I look at something, sometimes I've read that, I've read this piece of scripture, I've heard this preaching revivals, I don't know how many times, about Paul and Silas being in jail. There's songs about this. Uh, all of us know this. Last week we had the Lord's Prayer, and I just saw something in that Lord's Prayer. I hope that your study life, you get to see those lights just come right on and say, My goodness, I've never seen that before. And I love it when I get to preach, though, sometimes, and I get to come to church, and I've almost been on fire uh, for the last uh, uh, 24, 12 hours or so. Just, man, I, I can't wait to get to church, and maybe people will see the same thing that I've, I've seen that light. You know, I, I had that light go, hopefully you get to see that today. Uh, but we want to focus on a particular part of this story. You know, Paul and Silas, they went into this town here, and we want to focus on them and what's really going on. We don't want to really focus on an object or exactly maybe there's something that happened, but it's really an action that happened during this. Paul uh, goes into a town and he uh, sees a lady that's possessed. She's uh, being used pretty much as a slave uh, uh, for these two men that are, are dragging her around, having her soothsay through this demon possession. Uh, now, I don't understand that, uh, and I don't believe most of us understand exactly what's going on in this lady's life, uh, uh, but we understand what happened here. Paul heals this lady, and, and pretty much the owners get angry, and what do the owners do? They, uh, they bring a uh, Paul and Silas to the magistrates. Now, to help you uh, understand who the magistrates are, the magistrates are, are Roman judges. Now, they're judges. Uh, it's almost like having a problem with somebody, and uh, we drug them down to the county courthouse because we got an issue, uh, and we demand them do something right then and right there. That's almost kind of like we, it's not getting the, the federal government involved like the Roman Empire, but it's getting uh, the little small county courthouse involved. Uh, hey, do something to these men because of what they've done. And they brought these, uh, these men in. They brought Paul and Silas in, accusing them. And the main thing I want you to realize that they were accusing them of is not really what they were teaching or how they were teaching it, but who they were teaching it to. That's really their complaint. Uh, when you get to verse 21, at the very end of that verse, it talks about them being Romans. Now, it doesn't say that uh, they said something to me that I don't believe. They said that they said something to me that I don't have to listen to. Why? Because I'm a Roman. Because I am of the Roman Empire. They don't get, they don't get to speak to me that way. If the Romans had an issue uh, with a re religious person uh, spreading the gospel or talking to them in any kind of way, uh, they could immediately bring them to the magistrates and they could be beaten right there on sight. The Roman government was in order. They were in control. So the, the Roman citizen had a lot of power. And these being Roman men, they pretty much decided, uh, hey, we're not going to take this. And they had Paul and Silas beat by the magistrates. The magistrates shows they ripped their clothes off and they commanded them to be beaten, to be flogged. In verse 23, we see that. We see that they were beaten. We see that there probably was flesh ripped from Paul and Silas's back. Uh, they were probably beat to a bloody pulp. They probably, in so many ways, might have wished that they were dead instead of going through the beating that they uh, felt there on the street that day. And then uh, in verse 23, that they were beaten. And then uh, they were also charged, at the end of that verse, they charged the jailer with keeping them safely. So we see in verse 24, it follows that, with the reaction of the jailer putting them into the inner prison. Hey, we're being charged with keeping these two men. Uh, he takes them into the inner prison prison, an inner place where it's even further back uh, than they could ever get anywhere else. It's one of the darkest places of the prison, probably the nastiest. And I want you to understand the true delight that Paul and Silas got to experience. Now, we don't understand, and probably a lot of us don't know, and I had to look at and understand, when they were locked in the stocks. Now, 
I think when I watch, uh, I've watched people locked up in jails, medieval times, or locked up, they're hung up like this. No, that's not what the Romans did. The Romans didn't lock people up like this, chained to a wall. What the Romans would do, after they had beat you to a pulp and your flesh was missing from your back, they would lay you on your back. They would spread your legs as far as your legs could go. They would put your ankles in shackles. Listen to me, church. This is what happened to Paul and Silas. They put your ankles in shackles and they would pull your ankles as far apart as they could go, almost to the point that your legs were popping out of their sockets. That's what Paul and Silas got to enjoy in the innermost, darkest, nastiest part of the prison that night. They got to be stretched, both of them, locked to the stocks, to the point that they were pulling their legs. I can't imagine the pain laying on your back, persecuted because you did something in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Paul and Silas went through. They're, they're locked in this place. And I don't believe that they were planning on moving a whole lot. I don't believe that they were planning on doing a whole lot. But verse 25 shows me something very interesting that Paul and Silas did. Being locked in the stocks to the point that their legs were about to pop out of their sockets and flesh missing from their back. They did this. At midnight, Paul and Silas, what did they do? They prayed. Mm, that's good. They prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them, is what verse 25 says. Now, I, I don't think that Paul looked over at Silas. Now, don't, don't pick, I, some people imagine this wrong. They say, yeah, let's sing, let's sing the tune. That's not what Paul and Silas did. I, I don't believe that they were just so comfortable in prison. They said, yeah, this is so good. Let's, let's sing and pray. No, I, I believe that Paul was a very educated man in the Scriptures. And I believe that Paul looked at Psalms 119, verse 62, when he was in prison, when he was beaten, when his legs were stretched, and he was in so much pain. I believe at midnight, Paul recalled the Scriptures. Paul was very, very educated in what the Word of God says. In Psalm 119, 62, the Word of God says this. It says, At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. Praise the Lord. They were in jail, had been judged quickly, beaten to a pulp, and locked in a jail cell in pain beyond we can ever imagine today. And they, what did they do? Gave thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. Even during persecution... Paul and Silas sang and prayed to God. Even beyond the, the most horrible things that they could ever go through, we can see Paul and Silas uh, uh, saying this and praying to God in the middle of the night because of his righteous judgments. We see in 26, right after they prayed, right after they sang, what does, it say? What does the Word of God say? It says there was an earthquake that happened. Praise the Lord. It says there was an earthquake and the doors were open. And even better than that, it says that the stocks were loose from them. Praise the Lord. All the pain and agony that they were forced into at that exact moment, the doors were open on the jail cell for them to walk freely if they chose to, and the pain that they were forced into at that moment was gone. Praise the Lord today. Most of us, we don't understand a prison in Rome. It ain't, it ain't nice. <laughs> Most of us don't understand the pain and the agony that they were going through. But we see that those, those bonds were loose and the doors were open. Truly, backing up to Psalms 119, God has righteous judgments. 
God saw their problem. God saw the solution. He heard their cries, heard their prayers. And what did God do? He sent an earthquake. You know what? What's even more amazing about that? God didn't have to send an earthquake. I believe he sent an earthquake so everybody in that area could know that God was there. Paul and Silas had no doubt. Uh, hey, the doors were open. The earth was shook. My bands are loosened. There's no explanation. This is God. How many have you been in a situation before in your life and you say there's no way? There's no way this was supposed to happen. There's no way I was supposed to survive this. There's no way I could have gotten through this other than God being involved. Paul and Silas, my goodness, the pain that they were in, they knew. They knew who was there with them there in that prison. In verse 27, we see a reaction by the jailer. What did the jailer do? The Word of God pretty much says this, that he was, he's seen what happened, he's seen the empty cells, or he's seen the doors open in her quietness and assumed everybody had escaped. And he was ready to take a sword and kill himself. Now, most of us understand that the Roman Empire would have killed him. Most of us know that. A lot of us, and I didn't until I read it this week, the Roman uh, Empire, if they would have found a, pr- a prison guard uh, letting prisoners loose, they would have killed him. But they also would have took him, excuse me, his wife and his family, and they would have sold them into slavery. They would have been slaves the rest of their life because of what their husband, what their daddy had done. How sad is that it was almost seen a, as a more honorable thing for him to actually kill himself because they wouldn't have sold his family into slavery if he would have killed himself. That's the, that's the kind of place that this man was in. I can't imagine being the jail keeper, being charged with these two men to keep them into this jail. So they take him into the deepest, darkest place, lock him up in the most horrible way, lock somebody up, and they wake up with an earthquake and find that the prison doors are open. These people could be free. I could die and my family could be sold into slavery. This is a bad story, folks. This is some bad things that are going on in these people's lives. Verse 28, we find Paul calling out to the jailer, saying, we're all here. Don't do what you're about to do. Verse 29, we see him go into the jail, a cell where Paul and Silas was, and we'll find in Scripture that he fell down before them crying. He fell down before them mourning. He fell down before them. A man that had just took them, locked them up. Ain't no telling how he treated them locking them up. Put these people that were innocent, put them in a jail cell. And the people that could fled because he had just beat them stayed. He saw love in their lives. He saw a care in their life. He called out and said, hey, don't do what you're about to do. Even though they had been persecuted, they stayed. In verse 30, we see something else. He asked them a question. And this is the topic of almost every revival message I've heard it preached. And it could be the topic today, it's fine. He called out to them and he said, What must I do to be saved? What must I do? Now, I, I believe that this Roman guardsman, I, I don't believe he was a follower of Jesus Christ. No, he wasn't. He, he probably was not around. Uh, going around listening to Paul and Silas' teachings. I don't believe that. I I believe that his very first encounter with Paul and Silas is here. The very first time he has encountered Jesus Christ is in this jail cell where he's about to kill his own self to protect him and to protect his family. That's his first experience with Jesus. 
at his lowest point in his life, the time he's listening to take his life, he experienced Jesus Christ. And he goes into them, and I don't believe he is... He, when we see how, must, how, how could I be saved, that's not really what the, the jailer is saying. And that's pretty much a very simple sum. But he's not asking, how can I receive salvation? That's what we, that's what we read. He's not asking, how, how can I accept Christ into my life? That's, that's not really what he's saying. In so many ways, when the jailer goes in and says, how must I be saved? He's asking, how can I be delivered? How can I get out of this situation? Uh, how can I reach and get out of this peril, this, this ultimate death that I'm going to experience today? How am I going to be able to get rid of this? Because you guys, uh, I, I can see that you're innocent. I felt the earthquake. I see the doors open. You could have left. But you stayed. How can I escape my life? The jailer wanted to know, how can I get get out of this? And I want you to think about something. The day that you got saved, the day that you accepted Christ, if you've accepted Christ, I believe there was a question that went through your mind. I I believe there was an ultimatum that you were thinking, how can I escape sin? How can I escape hell? Uh, uh, How can I escape the situation that I'm in? How can I get away from all these things? We have a, a multitude of things running through our mind when we accept Christ into our life, just as this jailer did. The jailer saw death in his life. He did. He thought he was going to die. But what happened? Somebody called out, said, I'm here. You know, that's exactly what Jesus does in our life. We can be on the very end of our journey, on the very end of the rope, on the very end of all hope. We've lost everything. We've given up. And so many people, they call it a jail cell salvation. They call it deathbed salvation. I'll call it whatever salvation you want to call it. We re- realize so many times that we have wasted our lives. We've wasted our time when we should have accepted Christ a long time ago. And we realize it's too late. It's almost too late. We get to worrying. Hey, I was 15 years old, and I thought that I had done waited too long. I, I, I realized that I was going to hell. I, I said, how can I escape this? How can I be delivered? That's what we have to ask ourselves. When we're going to hell, when we're going to die, how can we escape this? The jailer wasn't asking for salvation. The, the jailer wasn't asking for Jesus Christ. The jailer was asking how to get out of his situation. How can I get out of this? Now, we can turn it around and say it means salvation in Christ, but I don't believe he he knew about that stuff. How can I get out of this? More importantly, we look at this and we see a prison guard. What happened to the prison guard? He not only got delivered from his situation, but he got delivered to Christ. And that's how you have to deliver people. You don't have to just tell them about Jesus. You have to really show them. How living Jesus is, how calling upon his name, how praying at midnight, even though you're bonded stocks and in a painful situation, flesh is missing from your back, you pray into God no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter the circumstances, you're praising God. No matter what you're going through, you're thanking him, you're praying to him, you're singing to him. Uh, you're not singing anything of this trash of the world. You're singing about Jesus. You're focused on him. And that's what the jailer saw. A crazy bunch of two guys that got beat to death, locked up in some stocks that ought to have been crying, was praising God. Now, how many of you going through hard times or you've went through hard times and you didn't praise God through the middle of the difficulties? Me? You don't have to raise your hand. I know that I've been through hard times that I should have been an example of Christ just as Paul and Silas was. Paul and Silas was locked up in this place and 
I think more importantly, even though the prison guard was saved, his family uh, learned who Jesus Christ was, his family was baptized, his whole home was saved, praise the Lord. I think of why. When I read this scripture, I, I started thinking, why did this happen this way? Paul, I want you to realize something about Paul and Silas. They didn't deserve to be beat. And they did not deserve to be put in prison. You say, Zach, that's right, they, were, they, were, they didn't do anything wrong. Well, that's true, but I want you to realize Paul, in, verse 16, in chapter 16, the same chapter, verse 36, it says, And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, The magistrates have sent to let you go. It says, Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison. Now do they thrust us out privily. Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. And the sergeants told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans. Now, if we back up and really think about Paul and Silas being cast into prison, being beat openly in the streets and cast into the innermost prison, locked in stocks, okay, they were never supposed to be there. If it reads the way that I can read it, Paul was a Roman. And if most of us know and studying, Paul was a Roman. And they could not have done Paul this way. In fact, if Paul had simply told them when he was first condemned, when they first brought him to the magistrate, when the Romans said, hey, uh, the magistrate said, hey, you're guilty, we're going to beat you. He said, I'm a Roman. You can't do that. What did it happen? I'll tell you, it wouldn't have. If Paul would have said, I'm a Roman, you cannot beat me, you cannot flog me, and you sure ain't going to pull my hips almost apart in the innermost part of that prison, I am a Roman. Being a Roman meant that you had to have a fair trial. Romans had certain privileges in the Roman Empire. If you were accused of something, if you were a Jew or a Gentile or any, any one of those or any kind of problem causing anybody, hey, they would throw you in prison and beat you immediately. But the Romans, they had to be tried. So we look at this, even though they brought him out and said, hey, we weren't supposed to do this. Why? Well, I know that a few chapters later, Paul did it. If you turn to Acts twenty-two twenty-five, it says this. And there's a story about Paul uh, being persecuted there. And Paul's being brought before the magistrates. Paul's just to be a sentence. And what does it say? And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? If we look at what it says here, and we back up to the one in Acts 19, and we look at Acts 22, three chapters later, uh, Paul suddenly starts using, hey, you can't do this to me because I'm a Roman citizen. Uh, do we not think that Paul needed to do that in Romans 19? It was a different situation. It was a different setup. I want you to realize that the story of Paul and Silas in the prison cell is a lot more, is a lot more than stocks. It's a lot more than earthquakes. It's a whole lot more than flogging. My understanding of that this week has been the doors that were opened. It says in 26 of this chapter, chapter 19, verse 26, And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately it says this, All the doors were opened. Let's think about this just for a minute. I'll try to close here pretty quickly. Paul allowed a door to be opened in his life 
Paul allowed the Roman government to imprison him. Paul allowed to be locked in stocks and his hips almost pulled out of place. He chose to allow God to work even in a trying time that he didn't want to be in. Did y'all hear me, church? Even though he had to go through a time that was difficult and that he should have never had to experience, sometimes we have to do the same thing. Sometimes we have to experience things that we do not deserve. We go through trying times that... We, we pull out the Jesus card and say, hey, we're not supposed to go through this because I'm promised a bed of roses even though it doesn't exist. Paul chose to be persecuted that day. Paul did not have to be beat that day. I want y'all to understand that. Paul did not have to go to prison that day and he sure didn't have to be put in those stocks. But he did. He says, Zach, what are we trying to get to today? Uh, what I'm trying to get to is to show you that a door was open for Paul. A door was open for him to sacrifice himself just for a little bit. A time was given for Paul to be put in that inner jail cell for him to go through pain. How many times have we missed chances because the times that we're going through are too difficult to praise God? How many times have we been through things that they were too hard to pray to Him like we should? Yeah. I don't have to ask you to raise your hand. You've went through things that are so difficult that you lose trust in God, that you don't call upon His name. You don't look at Psalms 119. You don't look at what Paul did with Paul and Silas in the jail cell. Hey, we're going to sing and praise no matter what we're going through. We don't even have to be here. That's the kind of Christians that we're supposed to be. That's the kind of love we should have for God that we will actually sacrifice our time, our comfort, our pain, and we'll put all those things aside to worship God, to do what He says. Now, I don't know exactly what all went through Paul's mind when he first got thrown in there, but I'd like to think that God was sort of speaking to him saying, just let him go. Let him beat you. Go ahead and get put in prison. I'll tell you, church, right now, if I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, if I had the Holy Ghost speaking to me, and they said, Zach, if you'll let them beat you within an inch of your life, if you can get somewhere, you'll have four people except Christ because of what I'm about to do. Would you do it? I sure hope that you would. I sure hope that you would be able to do anything to have, make sure that people hear the Word of God. People that need Jesus Christ are going to hear it. The only reason Paul and Silas were beat and put in that prison was for that jailer. That's the only reason. The only reason that an earthquake was sent, the only reason doors were turned loose. Do I think that jailer became an awesome witness for Christ? Of course I do. Do I think that he started witnessing the people all over? Of course I do. That's the power of God. That's the power of Jesus Christ. They were beat within an inch of their life and locked in a cell in stocks to save sinners. What have you had to sacrifice? I ain't had to sacrifice enough. I know that I have not served the Lord enough because I have not sacrificed enough. You say, Zach, you're saying that we can't do this, we can't do that. No, I'm saying you have to make sacrifices to serve God. You have to bind up what you got. You've got to carry your cross daily, as the Bible tells us to do. We have to witness to Him, to people we don't want to witness to. We've got to love people that we don't even want to love. We've got to go hug people that we don't even want to hug. Hey, today, folks, we've got to love folks. We've got to pray for folks, and we've got to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to get in a place where God can use us. I don't think for one minute, no, oh, 
I don't think for one minute that Paul said, this is a good idea. Let's get beat half to death. Does that make any sense to y'all? No. Does it make sense that, yeah, let's, I want my legs pulled halfway apart or I can lay there about half the night? Yeah, I'd love that. No. That's not what Paul and Silas thought. Today, what they thought was, we're going to sacrifice our lives. We're going to put these things on the line because we trust in God. We believe in God. We believe in His promises. And He is going to be a blessing through us. When you're going through hard times, can you show God to everybody around you? No matter what you're facing. Paul went through a hard time that could have been avoided. But he chose to do it anyway. Because there was a family that needed to know about Christ. How many of you can say, and I, I doubt any, many hands would go up, that you sacrificed some time this week just to make sure somebody knew that Jesus loved them? Just to make sure that you told your testimony to somebody? That you went out of your way to text somebody that you love them, that you want to see them at church? That you went by their house, waved at them, said, We love you, kept driving? Could you say that you sacrificed just a little? Just a little. You, didn't have, you don't have to get beat to a bloody pulp <laughs> and, your, and your legs pulled apart. I, I don't think I'm ever going to have to do that. I hope I don't. <laughs> but if I do, I hope that I'll do it. Somebody needs to be saved. Somebody needs to hear about Christ. We've all went through those hard times. We've all faced those things. And do we glorify God in the middle of difficult situations? I want, I want you to know that that is not just living Christ. That is being like Christ. That's not talking about Jesus. That's being like Jesus. Jesus came, He laid down His life, He died on the cross. Paul, Silas, locked up in a prison cell, didn't even have to be there. Jesus didn't have to die. He could have went and ascended to the Father. He didn't have to die for us. Paul, he didn't have to be in that prison cell. That jailer... And his family are going to heaven, are in heaven today, rejoicing still because of what Paul and Silas did. Can you imagine the good times they have had for eternity and they will have for eternity because of what they did, what they loved? Can you imagine getting to see the people that you've expressed Jesus to and accepted salvation to one day and you get to see them one day in heaven because of the little things that you've done, the little blessings that you were in people's lives? Paul lived Christ instead of talking about Christ. Can they get a, a verse of some song ready this morning? And I hope and I pray that each and everybody here, that if you're a Christian, you can say that you have sacrificed comfort for Christ and you have listened to what the Spirit has told you to do. We don't have recordings of what exactly happened in Paul and Silas's life. We don't know if they were convicted. We don't know what they went through. But I know...